This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The difference between a point and a goal isn't enough, perhaps, to make coaches say we've got to work at, at getting goals. I mean, why are we stuck with that for 100, uh, 127 years? I don't know if you have any view on that. As a forward, if you've anything from some eight forward on your back, if you haven't at least a shot or at least a score or at least an assist, a minimum, like what, like what, what value are you adding to your team? You know, you, you have to really question. And there's players getting away with it, as you said, because they're not turning over ball and they're working hard. They're not creating scores. If you're not a forward, you're not creating scores. What are you doing? It was another intriguing weekend of National Football League action that leaves us asking an interesting question on the latest episode of the Throw-In Podcast. Is this set to be the most wide-open football championship in 20 years? Will Slattery here with you, and I'm delighted to be joined by Dick Clerk and Martin Bretney for our chat today. And Martin, I might go to you first on that one. Our our colleague Colin Keyes had an interesting piece today stating his case that he thinks it is the most level playing field heading into a football championship in quite a long time. He lists... Kerry, Galway, Mayo, Dublin, and, and even Armagh and Derry as potential contenders. Do you agree with his contention that we are heading into a, what could be a very open championship later this year? Well, potentially, there's no doubt about that on the basis of what we've seen so far. And um, I suppose if you go back go back to tw- uh, 20 years ago, we had Leach and Westmead and counties like that in the mix as well. But you certainly have, uh, on what we've seen so far, now how reliable that is, of course, is another question. Um, everybody was talking last week about Manchester United winning the league next year and this, that and the other, and we saw what happened yesterday. So things can change very quickly, but on the basis of what we've seen, there's no doubt about it, um, there are a lot of teams of, of equal standard. And if you had, if you had, we'll say their championship was run on a league basis with uh, the top 12 or whatever, you would, find that, you would find that this would continue right through. I mean, Derry and Dublin would be, obviously, would be quite comfortable in Division 1, there's no doubt about that. So, yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly wide open. Um, Perhaps a little too early. To it will still, in all probability, come back to the same three or four come the, come the end of the year as we as we invariably do. But as of now, and that's why it's made it's made it so exciting. At this time of year, everybody has hopes and dreams and uh, schemes and the whole lot to to, and it's it's panning out that way at the moment. And uh, hopefully, it'll continue. As a Liverpool fan, I'm very appreciative of that early mention of uh, yesterday's results. One of my one of my better days, I must say. You know, Dick, you obviously involved in the county game for a long time. And, you know, from what you know and your experience, how many teams generally go into a championship honestly believing deep down that they can climb the steps at the end of the year and, and bring home the Sam Maguire? Is it a short list? I think it's a short to 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 have that belief, and it's not just saying at the start of the, oh we want to win because it's very easy just to throw out you know sound bites we want to do X, Y, Z I think there's very few teams actually have that belief which is then followed by 
behaviors and actions and that what i mean by in terms of how you train and how you resource and putting all the, the machine and system behind delivering a team to win in all ireland okay so there's not that many um i would re- one of my regrets really around monaghan was that if i'm being really honest and i'm still not sure it's still not there in the monaghan camp we never had that belief it and, and people would have said it when you're in the bubble at the time well you sort of try to dismiss that people would have said oh you were happy with your roster and we would have said we weren't but looking back and when i sort of when you're when you're out of it a while and you look at the likes of donegal what separated them from us in terms of the two teams playing there was never anything much but they had belief that they could go the whole way and they did invariably and so i think there's only a, a certain amount of teams that can do that and a lot of that has to do with tra- tradition that they've either done it before the people in the county that they're not afraid to talk about it and push themselves or massively strong characters that have come in and brought that belief that you see. So I think there's there's not too many. Um, but in terms of potential, going back to your sort of you're saying, there's the there's the a pathway and the potential for an awful lot of teams to go that route this year, more so than I can ever remember, to be honest with you. Um, because like I was trying to just for for argument's sake, seed out the teams depending on where they finish. Like it's really hard to sort of, you know, you're looking at twelve. Even I'm looking at Cavan coming in the back in Division Three. They look as good as anything that's in Division Two. Maybe Bardari and Donegal, Kildare. I know we're writing them off. We might give them a touch of gate. They're better than they're showing. You know, you have an improving Cork. Meath might improve as the year goes on. Armagh, Donegal. So you have like twelve, thirteen, fourteen teams in the mix that a lot of them can beat each other. So when you get to that, you just don't know what you're going to be left with at the end of the year in terms of semi-finals and uh, all around winners, which which I've said this consistently now over the last few weeks. It's great and it keeps playing out and, and it, it, it the list keeps growing as opposed to shortening. You know, the, the carries of this world, you know, are actually coming back into the pack. I know we have a long way to go and it's only it's only April, but other teams are actually pushing themselves into into the mix even more, which is yeah, it's great. Yes, yeah, so obviously over the weekend we saw Toronto beating Kerry, Derry beating Dublin were two probably noteworthy results. But Martin, in terms of, I suppose, the void that Dublin have left, you know, they were obviously, in 10 years, they won eight All-Irelands, a number of league titles, and won some of those, you know, in, in a re- relatively emphatic manner. Like, does, does them kind of coming back down to earth, is that what, do you think, is giving hope to more contenders, that they were looming so large, and there was this idea that with the financial might and the population size, that they might never be able to be taken down, now that they have kind of gone down a little bit? Do you think that maybe is feeding some of these other counties and getting actual real belief that they can actually win a Sam Maguire? Oh, unquestionably. As you say, Dublin just didn't weren't winning all Ireland. They were, they were they were mopping up the league on a consistent basis under under Jim Gavin as well. There's no doubt about that. And um, the the difficulty is, I suppose, it hasn't it hasn't transformed through oddly enough to the rest of Leinster, uh, whereas the the Ulster teams and uh, the three in the west and and, and Kerry would. Would always say, well, you know, Dublin are up there, but we we're, we we can we can match them on any given day, or we're we, we're still good enough to to eventually get at them. The rest of Leinster, nothing has happened, and that's very disappointing. And we will go back very soon when all this league is over. Bear in mind, we go back to the provincial championships, which will will form the basis for the for the um the 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 sixteen for to into the into the knock or into the round robin. But unquestionably, and it's people will say, well. It's 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 a, when you were a really great team as the Dublin team was arguably the best of all time. We say with Kerry of the seventies and eighties, but it's not really good for from the game when somebody's so far ahead. So it's much better when when there there's a big a big number in a in a tighter squeeze than that. So there's no doubt about that. Like Dublin, 
that air of invincibility that was there for so long. That's well and truly gone. And uh, the other counties will, or other counties are saying, well, we we can do it. And it's it's. I think it'll help the game. It'll, it'll certainly help this championship where, as we know, we're, we're going to four, uh, four uh, groups of four later on in the year. That will, at that stage, we're back into a league at that stage, and that'll make it very interesting. Albeit that we will have, um, you know, maybe one or two teams that will probably shouldn't be there in terms of the quality. I.e. In, in the West, in, in the Connacht Championship, for instance, where Galway, where it'll be either Sligo, Leitrim, New York, or London, there's guaranteed a place in the last 16, which is a little bit lopsided. There's no doubt about that. We can we can dress it up any way we like. It, it, it doesn't. It's uh, it, it's they're not in the, in the top 16, but that's for another day. But for yeah, there's no doubt about it. Dublin, Dublin's coming back to the pack has um, has uh, enlivened everybody in the pack, and um, and and not just maybe one or two teams, but seven or eight, as we said earlier. Yeah, Dick, just to get your perspective on that, because you are, are obviously still playing when Dublin were kind of looming large over, over everyone. Like, was that the reason maybe, that, as you say, Monaghan, you look back and said, oh, maybe we, we, we wish we believed a little more. Was it hard to have that belief when, when yeah, they, that was that aura about Dublin and how far ahead they were? Whereas now I feel like if Monaghan were competing with maybe this Kerry team who were the champions, you probably would have felt a lot stronger that you could have won in All-Ireland. Ah, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And and I'd even go before that, like probably Monon have had a few windows that if the cards had a fair right and a bit of belief and and all the rest that there was a, there was an All Ireland in that team, have no question about that. I even go back to when we pushed Kerry close in two thousand seven, two thousand and eight, which that team was as good as anything that was about. And you know, getting over the line there, you could have got over. Dublin, yeah, the way the game was played then, the game has changed slightly now as well. And Dublin have. In many ways, you know, been the artists of their own demise and how they have, regrettably for the game as a whole, s- slowed down, become more lateral. But the, the way they played the game at their best, you know, back in that sort of early, early 2000s or early not, uh, say 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, when they played with that, you know, go forward. And the game was a wee bit more open than it is now. Um, you just couldn't live with them. Like the, just the, the range of scores that they had and the range of scores that they had, had so they're just so much threat coming from everywhere. But the game has changed now and the, and, and the game has probably, the way it's been played by all teams now, as opposed to maybe it was just a Donegal or a Throne or even ourselves for a while. All teams now are playing a much more structured defence. So maybe Mayo were a bit of an outlier. They play a wee bit more expansive, so so that's been a bit of an equaliser now. It, it makes it easier for a lot of teams now to to compete, and to and, and Monaghan are probably at that level. It's their structure and discipline is keeping them competing as opposed to the players they have on the pitch, and it's, it's very difficult now for a, for a Dublin when they maybe don't have the players to to really do damage on good teams because the and the other thing is the strength and conditioning of teams now across that sort of top dozen teams. You know, it's it's at such a high level. Like it would have been in the past. You know, even look at Derry. You know, a Derry or a pair, for example. You look at Derry now versus where they were maybe ten years ago, and you don't even have to go back that far away. Very often, you were torn up in Ulster Championship games, not fit and and visibly not fit, and they were just never able to keep to the pace of the Thrones or even even the Monaghans back then. Whereas now all those teams, are just look at. We'll talk about them I'm sure in a minute. The likes of Brendan Rodgers and these boys, it's frightening the level of fitness and condition these teams are bringing. And with a structure, they're all able to compete, and that's what you're seeing. Martin, if we're saying there's a lot more contenders or live contenders, in your opinion, has that translated to a better football or a better product? Are you like, are we seeing a good standard of football across the league so far? Five rounds in, if there's more teams ostensibly who are able to to compete at the top table. 
Well, again, this competitive will, will, will always add to the interest. You can have the, you can have the finest team, as, as we had, say, with Dublin, but if they're winning matches by a big margin, it's, it's, not, it's not great to watch, is it? It's because the, the, the first attraction in the game is that it's competitive, and we're certainly getting a lot of those. But as for the standard, it's, 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 it's hard to know. I mean, I'm, not pretty, I'm, I'm fairly disillusioned with a lot of it at the moment, the, the, you know, the, the amount of back passing and side passing and all of that, and, you know, people so so aware now of getting their stats right so I don't, don't make sure that I don't lose the ball so I'll give it to somebody two, 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 meet, two feet away but I'll have completed my pass so at halftime whatever the stats are reviewed I won't have done anything wrong who's taking a chance anymore and that's reflected I suppose in, in the fact that uh, uh, the goal rate has been very very low in this championship for, or in the league so far I mean just looking at it there I mean, of the 20 games we've had in the league so far we've only had 31 goals like Armand Donegal one goal each Tyrone and Monaghan, two goals each. And Galway, four, Common six, Kerry, seven, and, and Mayo, eight. So that's five counties. Now, Mad, Goal, Tyrone, Monaghan, and, um, five, uh, and Galway, and seven goals between them. It's, it's, uh, what's going on? I mean, where, where, is, where is the, uh, the, the imagination, the flair, the creativity? We keep hearing about teams better prepared than, uh, than ever before and the science that goes into it. And yet, they don't seem to be able to find a way of getting a ball into an area that's what. 21 by 7 yards, it's, it's, it's 21 feet by 7, or 8 even, 168 square, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I just can't, and we see it all the time, but the, the, this year it's particularly pronounced so far that, as I say, all of these counties, we're talking about them with potential All-Ireland winners, Armagh, Tyrone, Galway, Donegal, Monaghan, or whatever, and they've managed, um, what's it, seven goals between them. I just, I just don't understand that, so the standard isn't, the standard of that creativity at that level isn't, isn't great. Yeah, Dick, do you want to come in on that? Uh, yeah, and, and and listen, I'm probably now moving into the to the the, the the that phase that you're looking back and maybe you sound like you don't understand the new game and all the rest. But I, I do, I agree with Martin. I watch the game now and I get and, and Monaghan, you know, and I've been very complimentary of how they've responded. I, you know, I'm, I'm always looking from a Monaghan's point of view, and there is as good or as bad as a lot of teams and how they play the game. But this. This thing that is embedded in, I've, I've no issue with the principle of somebody playing a, a, a pass left or right or backwards, if that's the right option. But what you have now is, and watch the next game, maybe a wee bit closer, that the default option, that the option that they go to first, irrespective if there could be five men standing inside the, the 21 unmarked, is the, the backward pass. They don't even look up. And that is my, and, and I think that's, a, that's an indictment of coaching. And, and and I don't like the, you, they've all these coaches out here, and I get I'm involved in coaching in the club now, and you get all these uh, emails and and WhatsApps about X Y Z is having a coaching clinic up in Garvahi or X Y Z is having a coaching down the country, and you have to pay a twenty. Or I wouldn't go to any of them, and I'll be honest with you, for somebody to tell me because this the, these this is the coaching culture now that we're, is manifesting itself at intercounty level that it's the right style of play. To, for, a, for, a, for a player to not look up, to not, as, as, as Martin says, to be able to have the confidence and the vision to execute the primary skills of the game, which is a long kick pass into space. For a forward, the instinct has been taken out of them now to, to get, when was the last time you've seen a corner forward? Get a ball inside, and then whatever with the ball coming in, Right, that's that's so you know, that, there's such a low chance of that coming, but then he gets it and he'll turn and take his man on just doesn't happen now and it's it it, it it's an of and the, the rules haven't helped you know the mark has been a, a, I, I still can't for the life of me think why that still exists it contributes nothing to the game because even if a ball comes in now you have the hand going up whereas sometimes it'd be better going on so 
and, and I think it's sort of embedded in now. And I, I, one thing is for sure, it's not doing any damage to the crowds. You know, at the end of the day, it, it, entertainment as a, as a product, Gaelic football must be doing something right. And I'm sure that's factoring into the minds of a lot of people because the crowds come to games. They're, they're, they're loving it by the basis that they're turning up and there's bums on seats. And I think a lot of that, as Martin said, teams are competitive now. So you have an awful lot of teams going to games now thinking that they can win and that will bring a crowd. Jesus, now, in terms of the quality of the games, it's, it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch, a lot of them now, you know. Could I ask Dave a question there once suggested that I have always felt was, it's been 127 years that the goal has been valued at three points. It was, yeah. it was, it was, it was worth, any, uh, worth more than any uh, number of points in the early days, and then it went to, to, to five points. So 1896, it's been worth three points. Now, in rugby, they increased the, the value of the try from three to four to five points. Mm-hmm. In soccer, they got rid of the back pass, you know, that the goalie can't take in his hands anymore. We have stuck rigidly to a goal at value of three points. Now, I've always felt that, why haven't we analysing that to see should that be increased to four, possibly five, whatever figure you have would be, and at least discuss it, analyse it, carry out, uh, just to see if, in fact, you could do something that that might encourage uh, greater creativity, that coaches would sit down and say, well, we'll have a go at creating a, creating a goal, as opposed to saying now the old thing, well, take your points and the goals will come. But Because the difference between a point and a goal isn't enough, perhaps, to make coaches say we've got to work at, at getting goals. I mean, why are we stuck with that for 100, uh, 127 years? I don't know if you have any view on that. I, 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 would, I, would, I, I would agree. I think there's enough, I, and, and it might get there, but I still think there is enough in incentivizing. Like if you were a coach, if you were to go into the science, and I do a lot of work in, in numbers and data and stuff, and you, you, you use that to drive it. If you actually sat down and worked out, you take a team now, the average time it takes them to create a score with the amount of time on the ball, the wasted, all the back pass and the left back, all that sort of messing about and short kickouts to actually get three points. You'd be shocked to say, well, well, one good move through the foot to get a goal is a fraction of that invested in. Like it's, it's so inefficient how Gaelic is played actually. And, and coaches would be saying, oh, it's real. We're not turning over possession. But you look at the amount of energy the teams are now investing in their in their players. Like Monaghan is a particular example. Like and Mick, I think was in, in Galway yesterday. He was seen, and I'd be very critical. And this is something that seeped into Monaghan. They just can't get it out of the players now. Everything's worked from the back. They put in so much energy for defenders and midfields to work it. They're exhausted by the time they have to defend, and then they've no forwards up the field. Like like football is not a complicated game. You know, if you were, I'd say if you took in professional coaches from other sports that are a bit more mature, they'd be looking and say, right, what's the purpose of Gaelic football? Right, you get the ball from here to there, right? Is there any reason you can't kick it forward? Because that's where the ball needs to go. No. I says, well, but why are you passing it backwards? Why why do we why don't we evolve a style of play and coaching that at every opportunity it's to get the ball forward to the scoring area as quickly as possible? If you can't do that, fine, but you always try to go that direction. Whereas actually now you have a lot of players, you talked about the stats, man. I say there's players go off the field and haven't contributed one positive play in the whole game. Like I just think, like as a forward, if you've anything from some eight forward on your back, you haven't at least a shot or at least a score or at least an assist, a minimum. Like what like what do you what value are you adding to your team? You know, you, you have to really question. And there's players getting away with it, as you said, because they're not turning over ball and they're working hard. Not creating scores. If you're not a forward, you're not creating scores. What are you doing? It's interesting because a few of the things you're saying there could probably be leveled at Dublin as a criticism. A lot of people are saying, and obviously the game at the weekend they lost to Derry and Martin. You had the stats for Division One teams. I just had a quick look there. Dublin have scored three goals in their five Division Two games, 
which would be unthinkable considering what they were doing in Division 1 only a, few, a short time ago. And then even in, in the end game there, Kieran Kilkenny had a great chance for a goal to square it across to Cormac Costa. He fisted it over the bar, the uh, conservative option, and Derry ended up getting, coming back and winning. It, like Dublin, of all teams, you know, we kind of touched on earlier of them coming back to the pack. That's one of the real criticisms that has been leveled, that they probably are too you know, cautious or, or you know, retaining that style of possession. And that was a classic example of it, Will. I mean, that could have killed a goal. They would have killed off the killed killed the game off, perhaps. But I mean, you know, is is that is that the coaching? Take your point, and that seems to be the, that seems to be the case. As you say, Dublin are three goals. It's 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 uh, given the given the, the forwards they have. That's it's ex- extraordinarily low, particularly in Division Two. But what about Kildare? Kildare haven't scored any goal in this league. They didn't score the last goal that they scored was in the um, Leinster final last year, the fiftieth minute, I think. So they've gone. I worked it out. I think they've gone seven hours and 20 minutes without scoring a goal. So matches start around two o'clock nowadays, now the, these matches. So it effectively means that Kildare are 20 past nine and they still haven't scored a goal. <laughs> now, you'd think that's impossible in actual fact. You'd think that'd be a fluke, a freak, something would happen. We saw the, the freakish goal that, uh, that Kerry concedes the other day. So you're playing football from two o'clock at 20 past nine and you still haven't scored a goal. So uh, that might be a, a sort of pronounced example of it. But the goal race is not what it should be by any, by any means. And certainly when you see Dublin having scored three in, um, in five games in Division Two, not encouraging. And, and, but again, is it, well, let's, don't take a chance. Don't, uh, don't, I mean, nowadays we judge goalkeepers more very often on their kickouts than we do on, on what they were called originally, what they are called, goalkeepers, because they don't have to make very, very many saves. So I think it's an area that needs to be looked at, and I still go back to the point. I think that we've got to assess: is the value of the goal high enough? And in my view, it's not. I I go to five points, but I we settled for a start with four. At least they did that with the rugby. They started with three to four, and then finished in five. We could do something similar, I think, with, and would make the game would make the game much better because coaches would simply have to. And as Nick says, if if a goal was valued at four points, five points, well then, how much time would you put into uh, actually trying to trying to uh, trying to score goals? Yeah, and I've heard people say before, maybe outlawing the fisted point as well, because the amount of times you see players just not even looking at the goal, just fisting and like looking real pleased with themselves as well when after they've done it. Yeah, it goes back to asking, and I will will kill this point. What type of a game do we want? Like, what is the what is the the the, the best version of Gaelic football? And 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 don't have it from any biased or, or nostalgic point of view. What is the best thing? And I will almost ask with. How would you want your kids playing football at under 11s, under 12s, under 13s? Because that's the purest form of Gaelic football now. We don't teach our kids to go with blanket defences. So, so, so why then is it okay to teach our adults? You know, I, I think, I think, and I think that's, and you know, you look at any other sport, you teach it and coach it at the at the younger age how you want them to play it later on. Whereas in for some reason in, in Gaelic football we have this diversion when it gets to later in life, and I think that's because of of poor coaching, poor vision, poor. I think the structures will help because now there's not maybe so much at risk of of losing the game. The fact that now that you can maybe have a wee look forward and sort of say, you know what. We can plan and play a different style of football, knowing that we're going to be in the mix in the later stage, and hopefully that will help and open teams to come up. Um, because as I say at the minute it's 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 a tough watch, but let's let's be optimistic. Let's 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 think. Hopefully, it's going to break out over the summer. Yeah, yeah. To, to focus in on one of the games from the weekend, Martin, you know, Derry Dublin, which we kind of touched on, but you know, maybe going a little more depth now on Saturday evening. Very compelling contest in, in Celtic Park, Derry. Maybe. Showing that they can come back from a, from a deficit in the semi final against Galway, they looked completely at sea once Galway took that lead. But to reel Dublin in, I think they were six points down early in the second half, and you know kicked the last couple of scores as well. Were you 
were you impressed with maybe them showing a little bit of an evolution potentially? Well, you'd have to, you'd have to, because what I think obviously Rory Gallagher and his team learned from what happened against Galway. What were that? There were three points up, I think, that evening. But once, once Galway figured it out, and they didn't see uh, Derry and Galway went ahead. Derry didn't seem to have any plan B at all, and kept playing the same type of game. I think obviously that was part of the learning process from last year. They got to an All Ireland semi final, uh, uh, missed out on promotion because well, Galway was common or got through there, but they they. So I think uh, there's no doubt that I have to admit I thought it was all over for Derry at halftime because Dublin looked to be playing well within themselves as well, and Derry just didn't seem to have any any uh, any idea how to how, how to, uh, uh, to to score basically against. But it's um, it changed dramatically, and you'd have to say fair play to them. Now you'd also have to uh, I suppose analyze what happened to Dublin, and uh, again they're going through these phases at the moment of just when teams sort of. Uh, uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of Galway Hurlers and their, their, uh, over the years when, when they started bleeding they bled very heavily and it's the same with, with Dublin at the moment and, and that they they weren't able to stop that flow once once um, uh, Derry came back at them so certainly it showed that Derry have learned from last year uh, but I think as well that uh, Dublin will be looking at themselves and saying well why why were we not able to adjust amend or do whatever it takes to break that momentum because they didn't do that in the second half and you could sense as it went on that it was more like more and more likely that Derry would win and which of course they did in the end yeah Dick like what was your perspective on the game I know we touched on Derry and Dublin last week ahead of the match and kind of assessing where they are both at kind of halfway through the league but it, it was very intriguing how the game played out like Donegal took a famous jump from when they were quite defensive initially to getting that maybe balance a bit better. Are Derry on potentially a similar path? I think they are. Like we we said that the last week that they're, they're very much up there in the mix. And as I say, are they are they up in the top three, four, five? No, for me, they've a lot more to do and need to be doing at at, at the top level. They need to be more results like they've done against Dublin against the best teams consistently. Um, but they're, they're, listen, they're on an upper trajectory. If they're a stock, they're a, a buy stock. There's no question about it. And and, and only the only maybe a better Tyrone man or a, or a better Monaghan man would say otherwise because they're they're taking all the all the right notes. I, I just think you know sometimes in a team and and Monaghan again I keep referring to my own, but but that's a, your your greatest asset is also your greatest risk. I think there's just a you know there's a core group of players there that they are very dependent on um, that they're getting the max out of them and that's why they're performing so well but if they happen to be missing a couple of those that's where they'll, they'll fall off the pace not fall off the pace but they'll become you know a sort of a, a, a maybe an, a, an average team is a bit unfair but I'm talking about likes of Brenton Rodgers Shane McGuigan and Connor Glass and um, these boys who are just as good as 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 any is is out there at the minute in terms of how they play the game, how they play the modern game, and uh, I think you know that that will be key for for Rory Gallagher making sure that these guys are as fit and as fresh as they are now. It's very hard to see how a Brenton Rogers looking at him can peak any more in terms of fitness and influence of a game because he's he's probably one of the top players in in the country at the moment, and it's that that's going to be his task now in terms of to to plan now for an All Ireland assault. And it's maybe, you know, it's very difficult to maintain that level at the rat because I know that and I, I do a bit of work up around in Derry and I'd be getting fed in terms of they're, they're training and have been training so hard. So their key now is not to to burn out effectively because, you know, they are really, really setting the setting the standard, certainly in Ulster. Be interesting if they have a league final rematch with Dublin potentially as well in Croke Park, if, if how that might might play out. Martin, like we have... it's. 
your first appearance in Dublin this year. So it'll be interesting to get your perspective on Dublin. We we chatted about them last week. Like, what, what's your opinion of where they're at in the pecking order? They seem to be getting, I suppose, a lot of credit for that second half performance against Kerry in the semi final, which was good. But outside of that, it's been you know pretty uninspiring stuff from them for a reasonable period, I would argue. Well, it has insofar as uh, they were relegated last year. Uh, then they were the walk through Leinster, which they've done for years because Leinster is 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 is, is so weak. And uh, the test game against Kerry, they possibly if they had Conor Callaghan, they would be all other champions now. But of course they, uh, but in Division Two, I I don't. Maybe they haven't been able to switch on to Division Two as they would have liked. And and I know that might seem strange, but it's not their natural environment, and they're just perhaps just doing enough to get out and get get promoted and and. Yeah, or, and take it from there. Uh, they're not what they were, but again, they're, they're in the top, uh, what, the top two or three or four, and uh, they, they will. I would, I would imagine that come the summer, this will be uh, incredibly for, uh, formidable. Yeah, as I said, they might, might have a rematch with Derry in a couple of weeks' time, which will be interesting. Dick, to get your perspective on, on Tyrone, they had a very good result against Kerry, so we're maybe talking about them in a position of strength rather than picking on them when they've had a, a bad result, but. It's been a fascinating kind of case study in in how to not defend in All Ireland, I suppose. Like you know, instantly after they won, there was guys leaving the panel. There was a very disappointing championship last year, a very mixed league so far. Like I'm sure you have a good insight into even even there was a lot of empty seats by all accounts in Healy Park yesterday for Kerry, which is their their big you know their big rival. Like what what's the state of Toronto football at the moment? What what are are fans a little disillusioned with with, with what's happened post All Ireland? To be honest, with you, I I got a bit of criticism for this a couple of years ago when they won the All Ireland. Like, there's been an indifference in Tyrone football for the best part of five or six years. You know, towards the end of the Mickey Hart era, that they had a lot of people had tuned out and the fans weren't travelling, and there was no sense of of really belief or that support. Like Tyrone would have been the yardstick for support in Ulster. Like I remember growing up, going to games in Clonus and working the Paragon and the crowds and the colour that they would have have brought, and that. Now, maybe it, it, it was with the success that they had, they got a bit, you know, complacent and they didn't want to put in the hard yards as fans. But, like, I remember there was, there was hardly a flag up in a lot of places in Tyrone, you know, bar they got to the All-Ireland final. Like, there was no sense of belief that this team can win and they and they, they duly supported it and, and, and got on board. But it hasn't taken much for them to, to fall back to type. And, again, that's been there for, for quite, a, quite a while. And, uh, you know, it's, it's no surprise to hear that there wasn't much of a crowd. No, it was a dirty day in Oma as well. But it's going to take more than, than one game against the head against Kerry, I think, to get them back on board. You know, they need to, they need to find something more. And um, I think it was great results. But, listen, it's, not, it's nothing that a Tyrone team haven't done repeatedly over the years to when their backs are against the wall, put up a big result. But listen, they'll be happy. It'll take the pressure off for a while. But still, plenty done, more to do is the case, I think, for Tyrone at the minute. Yeah, I think they have Monaghan next up in a, in a key game. Yeah, and they also it's going to be the championship as well. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be a, will it be a phony war, Dick, on Sunday? No, or will it be the championship no, game? Or? No, it'll, it'll not be. Yeah, I might just find a quiet corner in the stand myself. The last time it was an Oma. <laughs> I got accosted by a few from Clenover, Dramore, one of those fairly you know, savoury places if you're the wrong side of the tracks. So um, I. Did you're, uh, well, you're well used to getting that on the pitch anyway. So yeah, you know, well, it's all right. You, now off the pitch. Well, I was just glad at the two boys with me. I'm not sure what I'd done otherwise. So I, I got out of there fairly <laughs> quick. So I think yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot at stake now. You know, there's, you know we, we we pride ourselves on our status up here, and, and no more from the throne. So it's it's very much uh, you know whoever comes out of Clonus now in two weeks will you know fairly sure that they're going to have their division one status. So yeah, it'll be as good as a championship game as you'll get at this time of year. You know. There's an interesting thing there, by the way, lads. Um, 
I, I'm not sure six points will be enough this time. Oh, no, you're right. I just I, I, I yeah. noticed the same. In, in actual fact, I mean, if you look at it at the moment, Donegal three, Monaghan four, uh, Tyrone four, Kerry four, Armagh five, Galway six. And I just look back on it. Since the league was restructured, I think it was 2009 that I went to the four divisions based purely on merit. There's only one year that six points wasn't enough. Well, uh, Cork went down, I think, in 2016. Now, they had six points, but three others were on six points as well, and it went to scoring difference. But every other year, six points was enough. But I'm not so sure this year with the lowest Donegal on three and then three of them on four points and two rounds to go. So it, it, yeah. there, there could be, it could be a seven, it could take seven points this year, but, um, depending on results, which okay. is unusual. Because we once stayed up on four, Martin. I, was, I think that was did, probably yeah, yeah. We, we did. We got, what was that in 2010? Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, 2000, uh, yeah, 2010. Yeah, 2011, somebody else stayed up on four. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 2019. Yeah, so there have been four, have been enough. Five has been enough. Six was always enough, as I say, with that one exception. Just don't, and that's, that's you know, I suppose reinforced the point we were making earlier on about how competitive it that's is. Right. But, everyone's taking points of everyone. There, there's no, there used to always be one team at the bottom that get none, and and then the, the points would be distributed above, whereas no, that's not the case, you know. Yeah, yeah. so as teams look at it and say six points, mightn't be enough this time, folks. Yeah. Dick, how vital is it? Like, is it is it huge to retain Division One stars? Like we've seen Mayo go down in recent years, and you know, still bounce back and have good championships. Like at the moment, you no know, Derry are operating well from Division Two. They're going to be getting promoted. Like Dublin are down, they'll probably go straight back up. Like, is it is it just more of a status thing? Like, obviously, or is there? Actual... Ah, it's not. It's not. It's not. It, okay, Martin, this a good stat man. He could probably throw it off fairly quickly. How many teams say over just the last twenty years have won Sam outside of Division One? One. Donegal, the only one, I think. I think Donegal in thirteen. Yeah. Were they? No, I, I think in, in thirteen, in twelve, they got promoted. No, they didn't. Yeah, they, they, they were promoted. promoted. They were, yeah, yeah. So Armagh did it in two thousand and, and two, but Division one and two were different then, as you recall. Different, different a, structure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. as I say, the reality is that's that's where the winners come from, and that's and if you if you applied that then to to finalists and semi finals, the stats would obviously run the same. Doesn't mean that you can't. And and for very good reason because you're you're playing you're competing you're developing at at the top against the best and you know that that brings out the best in whatever you have so that that's the simple reason it doesn't mean that you can't you can't have a, a, a you know a vision or a belief to go the whole way from division two now especially if it's only a dip down to come back up like we've seen with Mayo Tyrone. Dublin last year. It was sort of a momentarily blip as opposed to sort of hovering around that sort of middle ground where a lot of teams do. Um, so that's where you want to be. And 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 uh, you know, and that's why because you know, steel steel sharpens steel, as they say, and you want to be, you know, blooding new players and testing new players out against the best. And that's there's no better environment than individual football to do that. Having said that, I suppose Galway and Derry were in division two last year and they got to the Got to, got in semi final. Having said that, Galway got to the final, but they didn't win it. So it's uh, true. But, uh, true. but they were uh, usually even look at them. Yes. They were on an upward trajectory. They were coming up. You know, Galway's kept going. Exactly. Even Armagh when they came up, yeah. look at they've kept going, and they're up at the top half of Division One as opposed to maybe yo-yo and back down. You know, and Derry be the same next year. I'm sure. If, well, if we're claiming it could be the most competitive championship in 20 years, it stands to reason that it was 20 years since the Division Two team potentially you know went on that run and won in All Ireland. Who knows? One thing, guys, I'd like to ask you about. And I'll go to Martin. Do you first? There has been a bit of controversy about diving or, or simulation from players in the league and whether it's a problem. I know they were talking about it on League Sunday last night. Like it, it, For you, is that something that's creeping into the game more than, than you would have seen in the past? Oh, unquestionably. I mean, the, the, there was you, you didn't see much of it I mean, in, at all in the years. In fact, in fact, players wouldn't do it. I mean, they just... Uh, 
Now, now feigning injury and going down, it's, 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 I don't know, it's probably borrowed from soccer or whatever, but yeah, it's a problem and it needs to be, uh, and it can be nipped in the bud. I mean, if referees just, just, just take action against it. I mean, I know it's difficult for referees to, to and, and, you know, if a player that's on to be injured, what can, what can a referee do? But yeah, it is, it isn't, I mean, every trick in the book is, is and, and every, and every trick in every book that's ever been written is, is, is being used. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's an air. it's something that I don't think, I think that would need to be would need to be looked at and and stamped out as quickly or at least efforts made to stamp it out because uh, the game the game can do without that that's for sure. Yeah, Dick, what's your perspective? Yeah, it's not it's not good. Listen, and it, I'm sure players when they see it are, are, are pretty embarrassed by it. Um, there was a rule brought in a couple of years ago, and I think it's improved things. It, 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 there was there was more of a case if you remember Martin. That players were going down, holding their head in the last couple of minutes of games because the referee had to stop the play because of a of, of a head injury, and that was and that was been abused. And I was in a committee in Croke Park, and we introduced the temporary substitution for a head injury. So that that's that's improved a lot. That a player now no now if he goes down in the last five minutes to kill the clock, the referee will say right, that's a suspected concussion. Off you go there, and there's no sub. So that has improved things because that was that was that was starting to creep in. But there was a few things there happening. And I, think, I think there has to be a mechanism there for 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 retrospectively applying something. And, and there's no reason that you can't do that if if emotion comes and you, have, you go through the right channels because it's it's not good and nobody benefits from it. The player themselves would benefit from a rule. That would disincentivize them for doing it. There's no, no question about it. I don't think you're going to have much opposition to it. And as I say, especially when you're starting to creep it in. So nip it in the bud, possibly, because uh, it is difficult in real time. You know, referees don't have the benefit of our and all this stuff, and they have to give the benefit of the doubt sometimes to to the player who might be injured. But let's let's if 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 if, if it increases, you know, let's 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 hopefully the rule makers will, will deal with it in the way that they have, but equally not put in a, a bad rule that they have elsewhere to solve a problem and create another, um, which I still maintain the black card has done, Martin. I think one of the biggest problems we have now is the black card has removed physicality out of the game and therefore it has contributed to standoff football and, you know, it, it hasn't helped what it actually aimed to see. It's, it's cynicism any less no it just it just comes in a different form like twice in in salt hill yesterday morning players were breaking when the game was in the in the balance i'm sure sure michael would have referenced it because he was at the game a goalie player just grabbed the jersey of a morning player and pulled him back yellow card like to me if that's not cynical if that doesn't merit a black card even though i'm not a fan of it what does you know so i think there's there's still a way to go to try and Tighten up the game from a discipline point of view, you know. Yeah, you're right on that. I couldn't understand there was one particular incident where Monaghan player was pulled back and I say, "Well, what's the difference between that? Why is that a yellow card?" I, I, I don't, and then nobody else can understand it either. And that no, is leading no, to frustration. And, frustration. and again, the black card is there for X number of years now. Again, is it is it being scientifically analysed to see the impact of it? You're right; it has taken some of the physical, in fact, a lot of the physicality out of the game. It was brought in for a good reason, which we've got to assess now whether, in fact, there is some other mechanism of, of uh, stamping out cynicism because it does, and it creates a lot of frustration among players, managers, and among the public as well. So, again, I think it needs to be reviewed and analysed in, in using proper uh, proper data. I think we could fill a full podcast on, on Black Card. The rules and, uh, and, and the marks, yeah, and, Jesus and, Christ. And, and rules and marks, but... Uh, <laughs> the vein to start pumping. <laughs> <laughs> but for the moment, we might leave it there. I'd like to thank Martin and Dick for joining me on this week's episode of the Throne Podcast. We'll be back next week with another show reviewing all the league action. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye.